Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hi, I'm Ashley McGuire, aka Big Mandy, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country podcast. And it's a recap episode, so that means that I don't have to do, and here's Neil, and do a funny quip in a This Country styly. I'm just going <laughs> to introduce Neil and say, hello, Neil. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm okay. It's, it's another lockdown episode. It's uh, forever in lockdown, as we are. Um, but obviously you're not, are you? Backbone of Britain. Um, still working away. Still working away. and uh, But the strange has become the new norm. It has. But I do feel that by the end of this, I reckon you're going to get a knighthood or something, you know? Oh, no. I just feel no. that there's going to be just, something. We're all going to be clapping on a Sunday just, afternoon just for you. Yeah, just a week off. That'll do, me. Just the week. Well, I'm sure you'll get that once it all sort of does go oh, yeah. to sort of normality. Well, I've got some holiday coming, so there we are. Well, Whether that's... it be in lockdown or not, I shall enjoy. Good. Well, we are here to recap episode two of series three, Driving Lesson, which was first broadcast on the 24th of February 2020. Or 2020, sorry, I should say. Yeah, 2020. That's... But also, this was the other episode we saw at the preview screen and that they held in... London and the Siren Sister, and we went to the Siren Sister one. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, uh, let's kick off. We have the yeah. usual countryside scenes. Uh, then we have the, a cold open. Not every episode, although every episode, I suppose, did have a cold open, didn't they, really? Mm. I suppose. Uh, but we, adore, we joined Kerry and Curtin in Sue's kitchen, and Kerry is helping Curtin with his theory test for the driving. Now, I couldn't even remember. I had to ask my daughter what it was called because obviously when we started driving, there wasn't such thing as a theory test, was No, there? they asked you a few questions on the actual test and that was it. Off and you went. That was it. There was no... Um, it wasn't part a separate part of the test that you could fail on the whole thing. It was part of... I can always remember it as you had to learn your stopping distances. That's it. They were the things that you had to try and really learn. But now it's all... You think if you put, if you took your test now you'd pass? No, I don't, I genuinely don't think I would. No, I don't I think, think I've so. got too many bad habits. Yeah, I think I've had thirty years of well, what is it now? Thirty-two years of driving. Yeah, you pick up so many bad habits. I wouldn't be able to do it. I just wouldn't yeah. it. No, likewise, I'd be the same. So Kerry helps Curtin with his theory test and uh, comes up with this little nugget of uh, inspiration. You should never break for a little dog. Why? Because. Well, yeah, you're breaking for the dog, saves a dog's life, but what about the family of four that powering into the back of you? <laughs> I just see the headlines now. Four dead, dog survives. And you'd be happy with that, would you? Because <laughs> that's warped. 
there you go. Ever the optimist, isn't she, Kerry? Ever the optimist, indeed. And I must admit, there's going through this episode, there are a few moments. Kerry's very different in this episode, I feel. Mm. Um, in what way do you think? That, that she's a lot... There are things that she does in this episode, not that she's more mature, but she takes the lead in a lot of the things in this episode, in giving yeah. advice, in, in calming people down. And I don't think it's something that we've seen in episodes before. No, I know what you mean. It is a different side to Kerry, isn't it? Yeah, she's not yeah. quite... I mean, it's weird that when... That there are some times when she's still the bumbling adult kid. Yeah. But there are also times when she takes the lead, and we will go through it, but she does take the lead and takes control of certain situations, which I thought was very, very just different than what we've seen before. A sign of maturity we've not seen before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I also think... with this episode, is it, it's a little bit longer than the normal episodes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's over half an hour, this one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we see that the sign for this country comes up. Curtin has his provisional license and uh, the vicar's going to take him to the airfield to learn to drive. Now, again, is this something that happens again still now? Because I can remember my dad taking my mum to the airfield to learn to drive now. That may have been a euphemism, but as a kid, <laughs> when he said he was taking my mum to the airfield for a drive, I would assume that he was teaching her how to drive. Well, th that was always the thing, wasn't it? it was, was it Chedworth Aerodrome? If yeah, I, I think some of that, yeah. or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, it was always the place that everybody would go to yeah. drive because you had the tarmac. Whether it's still a thing, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I don't you think it's also a, a sign of the times as well. I can remember living Lavender Lane. I used to we used to live. Yeah. Um, which is uh, in Cyrus Esther, and uh, my dad putting me on his lap. To drive, and I and I so I was I was steering That's it. while he was driving. I was twenty seven, mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, but I must I I don't know. I must have been eight or nine, something like that. Yeah, my dad used to do that to me. I think but, I did it. I did it to my lad a couple of times. Did we you? I, yeah, I, I I would think that like in the, the nanny state that we live in now, you could never get away with doing stuff like that. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I well, no, I mean even lad. just taking a kid and putting him without a car seat. Or without a, a seatbelt would be very, very frowned upon. Well, of course, when we were younger, we didn't have seatbelts in the back, did we? We didn't. No, we didn't. We just had and straw. And we survived. We just had straw, didn't yeah. we? That's <laughs> what we had. In okay, so um, they start, Kerry and Curtin start um, fantasizing about all the places that they're going to go, all the bright lights that they're going to visit when Curtin passes his test, like yeah, Gloucester frankly. Services, Monkey Enclosure at Longleat. TGI Fridays, Frankie and Benny's, and Jamie's Italian in Cheltenham, which is, of course, closed. Gone. Yes. Gone. They've all gone. And um, Curtin does say, oh, well, there's also Yo Sushi, and this is Kerry's reaction. Mm. I just love that sound. Yeah. For some reason, there's something about that. Mm. <laughs> She's not... The look on her face as well is just yeah. pure gold. She so is not impressed. Well, when we when we get asked to eat or do something we really don't want to do. He's not impressed with Yo Sushi at all. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't want a, any piece of that. Uh, we go to the vicar. Now, the vicar is rushing to... Now, whether you can help me, because where is he going? That's obviously his office, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's not yeah. what you call the re rectory, is it? That is just like church offices. I would assume so. Nowadays, with modern buildings, they they probably do have their offices like. But that, we see we see his church, don't we? And his church yeah. isn't like a modern church. It's a typical church in a graveyard kind of situation. So it's or not, unless he's got an office in the church community hall that some of these um, right places have. That's what I would imagine. Okay, because that would make more sense. It's always it's always bothered me in the fact that it doesn't look like it's a little rectory just set off from the church it's mm. a lot more of a modern looking communal building yeah it's, it's obviously a community hall especially with this episode where you see len pounding on the door it's what we're going to bring up in a minute yeah. but it was, it's also the place where Curtin was trying to find a bus timetable so they've got yeah. some kind of tourist information booth there as well yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway 
so Len is waiting for him uh, to get in because he's bursting. Um, and that is obviously where Len, who is homeless, uh, yep. goes for his number ones and number twos. And maybe a quick... Nah, I was going to say a quick <laughs> one, but nah. I was wondering, I wonder what you were going to say for a quick... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the vicar reminisces about getting his first car. It was a mustard yellow Morris Minor called Millie. Um, would, you, would you have ever named a car? Have you ever named a car? No, I haven't really. My cars have always been... Macho. No, I remember they've always referred to. Come on, you beauty! Come on, my <laughs> car, my her. It's a she, so she's always. You never used to call your car a beauty. Come on, my beauty. If it wouldn't start, that's what. No, seriously, I'll come give on. you a damn good thrashing. Yes, <laughs> come on, come on. So the vicar carries on about his uh, little story about Millie, saying that he ran out of petrol outside a wimpy filled with skinheads. See another blast in the past, the wimpy. Yeah. Or was you have a very particular smell for Wimpy? Or was that just the Sirencester one? It might have been just the Sirencester. I think I've only ever been to the Sirencester Wimpy. I don't think I ever went to another Wimpy in my life. Um, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. Maybe it was their secret sauce. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the skinheads, 25 pairs of Doc Martens proceeded to stamp on his roof. And she unfortunately crumbled like a can of Coke. Yeah, I felt sorry for him when he was regaining that. He has had a lot of like bad luck, hasn't he? I mean, I felt sorry for him obviously all the way through this episode because he he does a lot of reminiscing and he Mm. doesn't seem to have had a very peaceful and nice past. No, he's Um, had a lot of troubles in his... Yeah, yeah. So he carries on to say that he was being cut out of Millie by a fireman just as sick form crush Mary Potts walked past going to the barn dance that he couldn't attend. That's where Mary met Peter Ainsworth, and they're married now. And then he has that look of regret, mm. almost like, well, actually, my life at the moment is shit as well. I'm, married, I'm not married to the person that I should have been married to. You know, I'm married to someone that puts too much sugar in their jam. Yeah. <laughs> so, is that a euphemism as well? That It probably is. Um, but he's very wistful. Like, mm. It's almost like what could have been, you know. Um, and then he gets interrupted abruptly by Len. No ball roll. Uh, well, can you can you just hang on till I get some kitchen roll, maybe, Len? No. I'm just coming. Hold on a second. Come on, we're on the brink of disaster. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> See that brink of disaster line is. To me, there's so many moments in all This Country episodes that you could say that's quintessential, absolute This Country. Yeah. And that line, I'm on the brink of disaster here, is just typical, perfect This Country, as far as I'm concerned. It absolutely is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's something I've actually used now myself. You do find that, don't you? I mean, the amount of times I say, and watch again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. on, On a lot of stuff. And it's it's the beauty of the fact that you have... I was thinking about this. It's funny because I know that we've done like countless T-shirts that we have that are available, podcastmerch.com, uh, .go.uk. Um, has there been a show that has had so many ready-made um, one-liners and catchphrases since Little Britain? I don't think there has been. Probably Little Britain, not, actually. You know, Probably Little Britain not. was one of the ones that had so many... Yeah, was but, never a fan of Little Britain though. From no, but they say it doesn't see. It seems to have been a thing that sort of went really. I don't know whether they really thought we should have asked them when we spoke to them. Like you know, did you have in mind about putting in so many of these classic one-liners, or whether it just come as a natural thing? It's just a natural. They didn't do it on purpose, as so. Well, the way it's written in every episode, like you said before, there's so many of them that I think they're actually it's not on purpose it's just the way it's written yeah and they they get picked up because i, I think it's just think, their style yeah because the other one sitcom wise that i actually remember having so many classic sort of one-liners like this was phoenix nights right that's yeah. the last i can remember of a yeah. sitcom yeah, yeah yeah and i still use some of those and i you know i don't think they were intentional i think yeah. they were just the way it was written i'm the same with that as well i'll find I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head now just by doing it, but you catch yourself on a lot of things in mm. your normal day-to-day life. 
Well, talking of toiletry, it's the one where um, Brian Potter goes in and Jerry's just been to the toilet and he says, Ah, oh, Christ, my eyes, they're burning. <laughs> yeah. Which I use now. And I've never yeah. heard that until then. Yeah, no, I'm the same on that one, I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit. Uh, okay, so the vicar te- is teaching Curtin about the car. If you want to drive, you have to learn about how a car works. Curtin comes straight back and says, No, I don't. And I'm with it. I'm with him with that. I'm yeah. with him with that. I spent 13 years working for Honda and I had no idea about how a car works. As long as you got in and there were four wheels, it was full of petrol and had a steering wheel and started. That's all I really care about a car. Exactly. That's what yeah. garages are for. Yeah. And then that's exactly what I've put on my notes. That's what garages are for. Oh, I'm with you on that, Pav. Exactly. I'm absolutely with you on that. Exactly. But then, uh, so here we go with a little bit of wisdom from, uh, from Curtin about his car. Like this, Vicar, this is really not necessary. Just because I eat toast doesn't mean I need to know how a toaster works. Now that's the sort of arrogance that'll get you killed on the motorway, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's full of analogies, isn't he? That's the thing. Yes. He's, that's what he is, full of analogies. But that's the perfect way of putting it. And I'm exactly the same. I just want a piece of toast. I don't want to yeah. know the process of how that toaster works. Just give me some toast, nice and hot, so I can put a big slab of butter on, and add to my cholesterol intake. That's all. I, <laughs> that's all I want. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that one. Uh, so Kerry says that uh, Curtin finds it hard to learn. He has to figure it out for himself first, which I think is is quite commendable. And quite a few people are the same. Yeah, you know that's an everyday trait. I think. Yeah. So the vicar shows him around the engine, and then we have the classic dipstick line. And Curtin says, "Yeah, I know you are, but what is that?" Uh, the only thing I was disappointed about that was it didn't do it a couple of times. Yeah, because you can you can keep going with that with that line, can't you? You absolutely can. But it's the look in his face as well when he says it, as if to say there's an original joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. It probably is original in the village. Yeah, <laughs> they're about thirty years behind. Uh, Kerry says that showing uh, that showing Curtin how to get to level five of theme hospital, classic this country. One of those picking one of those kind of niche things that mm. people can remember i think peter Kay's quite good at doing that when he does his stand-up yeah when he'll talk about things from your childhood and you and everybody goes oh yeah i used to remember that or i did that or or those kind, you know um although i never played theme hospital did you i used to love those kind of ones you have theme hospital you had um like a roller coaster park or a Sim city was the big one Sim city or the sims the yeah. golf, like the golf one, where you you started your own golf course, and you, and the fact that you had to make everybody happy, and you had to put. I used to love those games. <laughs> I really did. I really did. That's how sad. Strategy I am. games. Strategy. Um, and then she comes up with the fact that uh, Curtin got so upset that he threw a Miller corner, and hit her in the corner of her cornea, and actually she was stood in the corner of the room. Yeah, <laughs> which actually made me laugh because it's another one of those watching me, watching them, watching you. Yes, yes. It's sort of situations that is in and a, it's also one of those. On it's, it's seems such a simple bit of comedy writing. Mm. It's so good. You know, it's you so can look back on it and you go, "Of course, a Muller corner. It's hitting the eye. So it's hitting her in the cornea, and it just writes itself." But it's so beautifully yeah. simple. That people will sort of go, it's like when you, you hear a great song that's like a four chord song, and you think, fuck, you know, I could have written that. Well, yeah, no, but you couldn't because you haven't got the skill to take the four chords that everybody uses and make something completely different. That's the beauty but, of like, those kind of things. Absolutely. Uh, so Curtin's so excited about going for a drive, and we all know that it's not going to go well. Um, it's got, this episode has got shades of minor injuries where Curtin is relying on the vicar to take him to TK Maxx. Oh, yeah. And, and, you're, getting, yeah, and you're getting sidetracked on all these different things. Um, he gets shot down straight away when he asks the vicar if he can drive to the airfield, and, Curtin, and the vicar obviously says no. So it starts as vicar has to quickly pop to June's to restern, return a sprinkler hose. He drops the bombshell that June is opening up her garden to the public, and Curtin is raging. His blood is boiling. Yeah. Now, I didn't realise that people just with normal gardens could do it. I always thought it was like stately homes or, you know, mansions or, or you know, or, or country houses that would open up their gardens, not just like a normal house. 
I, well, when you see the house, though, it's got it's quite grand, isn't it? I suppose. So, yeah. but yeah, I've never understood why people would go and look pay to look at somebody else's garden. Anyway, it's just not no, something not. that I'm particularly interested. I'm not in. even interested in my own fucking garden. Why would I want to watch somebody look at somebody else? Exactly, exactly. Oh, look, there's some grass, flowers. Yeah. Thank you. Well, she's charging fifty p. Curtain is shaking with rage. Kerry can't believe she's charging. It's like the fucking Eden Project, she says. That's despicable. <laughs> um, and the earliest ever Ke- Kerry memory says she was opening at the open air changing pool, uh, sorry, the open air pool in the changing room. Kerry saw June's pubes and oh, they yeah. reminded her of parsnips. parsnips Lawrence Yes. Parsnip pubes was born. Vickers now worried about Len because he's not. Uh, turned up for the meals the night before and he didn't go for his early morning shit yeah basically what he was saying routine um, is regular indeed so they're going to check his lockup. kerry is trying a seat belt and i've done this millions of times where you try and get it and it just yanks and oh keeps locking sticks and sticks uh and then finishes with the uh the wonderful clunk click suck my dick so we get to len's lockup, and uh curtains check in and he's not there just quickly on that clunk click bit, it's the yeah. vicar when he sort of tells her off. Yeah, <laughs> always made me laugh. Yeah, so but he's always he's fun. always the parent when it's the two of them there. Yeah, very parental. Yeah, so curtain checks to see if he's at the lockup. He's not there. The, the the garage door is open, but he's not there. And he spots Kaylee and goes and have a chat. Kerry says that he's talking. Oh, look at him! He's talking to her sideways, so he, they can't see his uh, birthmark. Um. And then he, she does that kank thing. They must have been wearing like an earpiece. They must have. Must have been, she, five, four, three, two, one. And then he sort of straightens his curtains. Yeah. And <laughs> she says, predictable. But the fact is, when he gets when you talk in a minute, you're obviously going to say it, he gets back in the car after, after doing that. It's, uh, <laughs> he's really blatantly no I wasn't no I wasn't why do you think she was flirting with me exactly <laughs> exactly I mean he obviously the thing is it's like because Kaylee looks so innocent and like demure and, and very fragile and then you hear all the stories about her and Slugs and about know. that you know Slugs will take him take her from behind and and the fact they have this role playing and it's all Kaylee's doing you sort of think, oh my god, and then, then Curtin is sort of, you don't know whether he's interested or whether he's not interested, and you think he, he probably is, because he was interested right from Before, the very start, wasn't he? wasn't he? Yeah, right at the yeah. very start. I always get the impression that Curtin's a little bit lonely for the female company, whereas Kerry, we know, is non-sexual, really, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Vicar gets a call from June about the scuffage on a sprinkler hose, um, and I put in brackets here, every street has a June. I think they probably do, you know. Put sort of those habitual complainers. It's somebody else's fault but their own. Yeah. Get a lot of them where I work. Naming no names. Naming no names. But we get a lot of them at work. And you think, is that all you've really got to complain about? Exactly. So the vicar is a bit upset. Kerry taunts Curtin about flirting with Kaylee. And obviously Curtin starts off being very defensive and saying, oh, why would you say stuff like that? And then finishes with, well, do you think she was? I think she was flirting a bit. Yeah, exactly what you said. Um, So we stop off at the market square uh, because the vicar wants to just have a look to see if Len is out and about. And uh, Kerry wants a snack. Oh, as you're going to the shop, can you get me something real quick? Uh, Yes, I suppose. Uh, Can you get me some Dairy Dunkers, the tubes, not the breadsticks? Yeah, okay. Oh, and a bag of Quavers, like the grab bag. You'll know the difference because it's considerably larger. Uh, okay. Oh, and a Ripple as well would be great. And if they haven't got that, a top it will be fine. Um, Also, a bottle of Coke, like full-fat Coke, not Diet Coke, not sugar-free Coke. And don't get me a Pepsi because I will not drink it. Uh, Curtain, anything for you? No, just be quick. Oh, and a beef baguette from the bakery as well, please. No, Kerry, I'm not going in the bakery. Well, a triple sandwich from the shop will be fine. Oh. <laughs> it's always a bit too much for him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he really, he's on a hide into nothing because he cannot do right for wrong, ever. No. You know, um, he's probably going to go there and spend 15 quid on food for Kerry. And if he misses one of those things, you know, if it's not a grab bag of quavers, he's going to go fucking mental. 
I know. How often do you think she actually fleeces him for things like that? Oh my god, I, it, I would hate to think. Because he doesn't seem that strong-willed to say no, no. I've said no to her there, but not in. You know, it's not like I'm not going to get you something, or I'll get you a chocolate bar, but that's it. Yeah. Just yeah, no, exactly. Because like, he was all that list at the beginning. He was like, yes, okay, okay. Yeah. And then as soon as you go to the bakery, no, no, I'm not going to the bakery. <laughs> if you look at it, if you, I mean, they were scrolling on a bit, but you look at it later on, he gets Len a phone. That's true. And, and he's going to get him brassed off on DVD and all this sort of stuff. So it's like, as he says later on as well, that he doesn't like, he never wants to be in a position where he's going to upset people. So maybe it's that thing. It's that whole mm. point. Yeah, yeah very true. Very true. Um, you know, we're delving a bit deep into his um, into his personality, but it sort of comes out on this episode. I think it very much comes out on this episode. Yeah. So uh, Curtin says that the vicar's a drama queen, and you can't save a damsel if she loves the distress. Um, so vicar, so Curtin is basically saying that the vicar loves this kind of stuff, and maybe yeah. maybe that's true as well. Maybe it's the fact that he loves being the the pillar of the community. He loves being the person that people have to go to. Because then he can help people, and, and in the end, that's what he likes doing. Which you can't really have Absolutely. a go at him for that, can you? I wonder <laughs> you're gonna. This was one of the bits that really made me laugh when I first saw it at the preview. It's after the curtain says about the dam, damsel in distress bit. Uh, is Kerry's little analogy going on about the sharks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't pull the the the, the clip of that, but it had absolutely. It's the it's curtain's face that when she goes on about it that. It's all about the shark experience and being put in a cage. It's the look that he gives that Kerry, and then he looks back at the camera. like, well, that, that has nothing to do with it at yeah. all. You know? And to be fair, it made me think that that's a bit that if they needed to get under 30 minutes, they could have snipped that bit. Yeah. Because it, because it literally had no relevance to what Curtin was saying. I suppose it, in the end, that's the, that's the joke of the scene. Yeah, and it did make me very much it laugh because is... Kerry, well, Daisy as well, doing those magnificent faces. That yeah, she yeah. And then Curtin just says, you'll cut that, won't you? You know, you're making yourself look silly now. <laughs> Which again, <laughs> And then, so then the whole thing about who's the parent and who's the child then gets flipped. It, I think it flips over so many times in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the vicar stops off at Arthur's. Uh, Curtin's getting a bit antsy now and he wants to get in that driving seat. So he gets in there. Kerry is taunting Curtin, uh, taunting him, saying that he doesn't know how to drive. He only knows how to put it into first gear. And then we see Mandy stomping down the street and they try not to look. I love the fact that Kerry is sat in the back with her neck contorted so that she's sort of looking away from the window and up at the roof of the car. So it looks like in trying in a certain natural position, unnatural, that she's almost looking like her neck's broken. So that she yeah. doesn't have to look at Mandy. But we've all been in that position where somebody comes across and you want to pretend you haven't seen them. Indeed. <laughs> and Man- Mandy just leans into the window um, and stays there for what feels like an eternity. But really creepily so. Really. Because she, she doesn't even say hello. She just kneels on the window. Yeah. Looking at the two of them. And they sort of go, hi, man, hi, man. What's that in your, what are you holding? It's just a brick in a pillowcase. Of course and it that, is. And what, what for? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just like but, she's off to cause mayhem. Then. Exactly. They said that she's been to town um, and they thought, the curtain thinks I've had enough of this. So he decides he's going to drive off as it's a no waiting zone. And um, <laughs> Kerry says, what are you doing? She says, I'm getting away from that fucking nutcase. Which they do. And they drive into a dead end um, and this now this is a very very quick clip, but it was just one of those things that uh, just sounded funny. So when Curtin slams on the brakes, we hear Kerry gag. That's because she's got her neck, <laughs> that neck in an unnatural position, and the seatbelt is sort of wrapped round her wrapped round her neck as well, and obviously. <laughs> Curtin realizes that it's a dead end that he's gone in, gone down to, and uh, yeah, she's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole bit is probably the comedic moment of the whole episode. I think it is. Well, this is the thing. This, what I put on my notes is 
What surprises me about this scene is that Kerry takes 100% takes control of the whole situation. Yeah. Trying to calm Curtin down, giving instructions, giving the wind-up hand of sort of how you're supposed to use the steering wheel, showing him how to turn the wheel, and uh, and then telling him, oh, just reverse, just reverse, just reverse. And uh, and then we get Kerry doing the Sue voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, is, isn't it? Absolutely. Just listen again. There you go. Yeah. There's Sue. Mother and daughter. Like mother and daughter, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I can't play it again. <laughs> Should be a ringtone, that. Uh, Curtin reverses into a recycling bin. Kerry gets out to sort the bin out. Curtin does what everyone who's ever been able to drive has done to one loved one in their life. And that's as you're about to get in the car, drive away. Yeah. Um, I mean, the difference with this is he didn't stop. And then drive away again, stop and drive and keep away. Doing it for ages. Which is what I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody has either done that or had that done to them. They must have. As soon as you drive, everybody's got to have a go at doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um so we ended up uh Well, there is that bit when she runs after the car, yeah. which to me <laughs> it's the way she runs. I know. Just... The only thing is that she didn't like fall flat on her face or fall on her ass while she was running. That would have been funny. <laughs> Um, but the car ends up back um, in front of Arthur's house, but obviously the other way around. And it isn't until the vicar starts coming out and the Kerry and Curtin have sat down that they both realise, shit, the car is now around the other way. Don't say anything, don't say anything. And uh, the vicar doesn't notice because he's too wrapped up in obviously Len being uh, being missing and he's helped Arthur with his skybox. And if you look, Curtin has these little shifty looks at the camera. Sort of like, it's just just... He doesn't really know what's going to happen. He doesn't know if the vicar's going to fire off on one. Um, but it's it's such a great scene. The whole bit of that is fantastic. It's so well played. So exactly. So and so Kerry and Curtin then have a bit to camera where they say that the vicar's not very observant. Uh, they changed his picture on his phone from his wife at Windsor Castle to Lucy Pindertopoulos, and he didn't notice for two years. All i got to say about that is that the vicar's a very lucky man. Yeah, if, 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 he, if his wife looks like Lucy Pinder topless, I mean, he's doing well for himself. But it's the bit afterwards when um, Curtin says, honkers, conkers, shooters and norks. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a name of a podcast. <laughs> I put it on is. that. I put on that. Now, I've never really heard. I mean, I've heard lots of names for breasts in my life. I don't think I've ever heard them called honkers. I've no. Done, uh, now, apologies. We're going to get probably a little bit un-PC here, so please apologise. Um, conkers, I've definitely never heard them called conkers. No, no, mate. I've never heard them called shooters. No. Norks, yes. Norks, yeah. Um, hooters, there was. Huh? Hooters, obviously. Hooters, yeah. And honkers, but... I mean, you had the whole Benny Hill thing where you go, ha, ha. That, that yeah. sort of honkers and please apologies. I'm just well, we're not talking we're not... about the female form, we're talking <laughs> about the words that are being used. Exactly, but hey, 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 you want to look at all the emails come in now. <laughs> I think it was disgusting. You're talking about women's breasts like that. We're talking about uh, look, I've got a wonderful pair of honkers, that's all I'm gonna say. We're talking about the word. Not the word exactly, and the fact that he says "norks" and then points his fingers out from his chest and wiggles them. Now that's something I've I've seen people do before. Really, your brother? Yeah, your brother used to do stuff like but, that. But that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I think it's. I've it's, never seen a pair of norks do anything like that, unless they're like well, alien flipping ones. around. Well, yeah, but like he was doing it where they were all going in different directions. That doesn't, make any, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. It's cold in there. What do you Unless think? Unless I've been doing it wrong, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's the NPC bit uh, now taken out, so let's uh, carry on. Vicar wants to go and look for uh, Len at the bowls club. Kerry says that he's been breaking promises to Curtin left, right and centre. The vicar tries to plead that he understands. Kerry says that she's sure the village can do without him for half an hour. The vicar's phone rings and it's June. Kerry says that June and Len will be the death of the vicar. Turn off the phone and just go for a drive. The vicar agrees. Kerry taking charge again. Mm. And the fact that the vicar agreed, I like that. 
he's like, do you know what? Yes, yeah, we will. But, but the trouble is, see, and we, I think he's absolutely right to do what he did. Yeah. But if you look at the whole end of the show, it, it was absolutely wrong to do that. Well, yeah. You know, and it ends up where it teaches him that you don't, you know, the, the, vicar, the village does need you. Don't ever turn your phone off. Well, that's a lot of pressure for one it's man. It's a lot of pressure. Absolutely it is. Absolutely you it know, is. But, no break. But to be fair, if he's going to choose, I mean, that's nothing compared to what he's probably got to go through when he goes to Bristol. Spoilers. True. Very right. true. So then we get text on the screen and it says, for young people in rural areas, the lack of public transport is the most significant barrier to accessing education, employment and training opportunities. Having a driving license and access to a car is essential, which puts those from lower income families at a severe disadvantage. Thank you. Yes. Kerry, Curtin and the vicar are now driving around the airfield nice and gently. Curtin says that she, she can't, he can't see anything out of the mirror that, he, that Kerry's big bloated John Travolta head is in the way. <laughs> um, and then Kerry says, right, because Kerry is sort of telling him what to do, the vicar's telling him what to do. Kerry says all it needs is a small tin of sweets to keep her entertained, which is on the front of uh, those um, sweets, those driving sweets that we all used to enjoy nicking one, but once we ate them, realised that we didn't enjoy them that much. Oh, really? The ones covered in flour. Oh, <laughs> do you remember? What I, it was that powdery substance. It wasn't quite icing sugar. So it was like a, a Turkish delight as well. Yeah, a little bit, but not as. Sweet. Do you remember those little driving sweets in the tin? No, we were never that. So we were we were we weren't that kind of class that would have. Them. Well, no, I have to say, it wasn't my mum and dad. It was always my granddad. So whenever he gave us a lift as kids, me and my brother would dive straight in and then be <laughs> a whole world of disappointment. <laughs> oh dear. So, uh, Vicar carries on instructing Curtin. Two hands on the wheel. Curtin says, "Sorry, muscle memory from impressing girls on the dodgems." That yeah. probably, but probably would have been in the science system mop. It, yes, yeah, it? probably yeah. would have been in those days when the mop used to be. I used, to, I always loved good. going on the dodgems, but I always used to hate the queue. Yeah, there's always a big queue, and then you'd always pick a car that you wanted. And you all stood there, right? Go and get your cars. And somebody would always grab the car that I'd eyed up and think, I want that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So but I'd end up in the pink, you know, Hello Kitty car or something. And nothing has changed ever since. Oh, it hasn't. It really and has. Don't you think it's weird now that you would, you would, if you had your chance at this very moment, would you like to be stood in a Dodgem queue as opposed to what we're going through now? Yes, I suppose I would. There you go, see? So be thankful for small mercies. Never complain about being in a proper queue ever again. I'm just thinking about that, but I'm just a bit worried about the size that I've got myself. Getting into a dodger might be dangerous. So I almost said, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they pull over, and the vicar starts reminiscing. He's enjoying the fact that it's nice to just go out for a drive. So we get the story of his father and his childhood. And he was saying that even at school, he always wanted to, for everyone to like him. And he thinks that a lot of his anxieties come from his father. And it's the look, every so often it keeps panning back to Kerry's face. Mm. And it's all, the look on Kerry's face is like, my God, why is he telling us all this sort of stuff? This is, you know, this is really weird. And there's a lot of stuff to unpack from the vicar's path. Um, past, sorry, I don't know why I put path. Um, in grammar school, he saved up all summer, bought his pastel yellow. He seems to like pastel yellow. Yeah, because his car was yellow. His car, car was yellow as well, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, a mustard yellow, I think. Uh, a suit jacket was sewn in shoulder pads, and as much as he says, kids, that's absolutely right. They were the fashion of the eighties. They were. All my double-breasted jackets used to have massive shoulder pads. It was the thing, wasn't it? And you used to roll the they sleeves were. up. Yeah, yeah. Espadrilles with no socks. Don Johnson, uh, a lot to answer. He has. Those were the days. Oh, God. Uh, and he was a massive Duran Duran fan. Uh, his father showed him up in front of his father's friends at the Rotary Club. And uh, knowing he'd had a few because his breath was acrid. That's mm. another great word. It is. Another great is. word. And, it's a uh, word that's not used enough. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not. And, uh, yeah, his father would say, look how wide Francis's shoulders are. And uh, Kerry says, your dad was a bit of a joker then. And uh, very wistfully, 
Francis, the Francis Seaton says, oh, you could say that. There's a lot in that those few words. There's a lot of baggage there, I think. Absolutely. There's a lot of underlying issues. You can see it. Yeah. So the vicar continues that he's uh, wriggled from his father's grip and knocked off and smashed one of his mother's favorite picture frames. And his father said in front of everybody, look at what your loud fashion has done to your mother's favorite picture frame. And he made a point that day that he would uh, never make anyone feel the way he did that day. It was heartbreaking when he was telling you that because you knew there was he was even he was being conservative with the facts, wasn't he? Well, that was the whole thing because he said he again he looked out into the distance and said he never wore that jacket again. No. And then Kerry, so which I thought was going to be the topper of the scene, said, "But he never hit you, you know. He just took the piss out of your jacket, right?" And I thought that's how it was going to end because that's sort of like, well, Kerry didn't really give a shit, you know. And and in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't physical abuse. He just took the piss out of his jacket, which yeah. you know anyone would sort of do. But the vicar said, "Well, there were other times," and that's quite ominous. That you feel that right? Obviously, there were physical altercations between the two of them. But the yeah. vicar says that he's been overcompensating ever since. And Curtin then says, well, no one's perfect, Vicar. Which Kerry then says, even Jesus wasn't perfect. He was really into prostitutes, which I thought was a great line. Yeah. <laughs> and he was massively sarcastic. And uh, Vicar said, well, where did you hear that? Oh, Mandy told her. And uh, we then get uh, Kerry's version of the two fish and five loaves story. Because there was this one time where 5,000 people went round to his house and said... Oh, I heard you got a load of food for us. And he goes, what? The two fish and the five loaves that I've got in the fridge? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, oh, OK. I'll just rustle that up for you then. How many of you is there? Just the 5,000 of you, is it? And they were like, yeah. It's the look on um, Curtin and the vicar's face as if to say... What the fuck are you talking exactly. about again? Exactly. Well, the vicar does go on to say afterwards, saying, I don't think you should really be using uh, Mandy uh, as the right person for biblical interpretation. You know, we'll, we'll read about it. We'll, we'll sort of read about it. But again, someone like Kerry, if somebody, I mean, look, if somebody tells her that that is actually the case, I mean, we don't ever find out really whether they are religious, do we? Well, no, but that's the thing. You, you've you got to think that the vicar must be teaching them the ways of the Bible, let's say. He's got to be relaying stories to them. Yeah. That would be the whole purpose of it. And obviously, as well, I mean, he'd be he's there to guide and to help, you know, as we've spoken to other people, uh, Reverend Richard Cole saying it's very much like a vicar sort of thing to do. Yeah. But he must be sort of, I don't want to say preaching, but using terminology from the Bible or stories that relate to what they're going through. It must be. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, they drive through the village and uh, Kerry reminds the vicar to go to the garden centre for June uh, for the sprinkler hose. The vicar says, no, nope, I don't think I'm going to bother because June is one of the reasons that he's got anxiety and uh, he knows that he'll have loads of barbed voicemails on his phone when he turns it back on. And just as he's sort of feeling quite Chipper with himself, turns the corner and there's a street with an ambulance and the vicar straight away panics and he can see why because there's Len is being stretched into the back of the uh, ambulance and uh, Arthur tells vicar that he found Len in the bushes dehydrated and sparked out it was only the flies buzzing around his stink that made him find him <laughs> but then Arthur was sweet as well because as Len is being put into the uh, ambulance he shouts to Len and says, you get yourself better, you old git. I need you around to make me look good. Yeah. Which I think is good. Now, I don't know whether you've seen this with the subtitles on, but Len says something to him back, and the subtitles go, yeah, stop. And I thought, right. that never made sense. No. And I listened to it a couple of times, and he actually says, get stuck. Is what right, okay. Because then Arthur looks, at the, I think, at the vicar and says, oh, oh well, that's, you know, that's normal. That's okay. Yeah. It never made sense Len... of saying, oh, that, that's normal. If he just goes, yeah, stop. It didn't make any sense. So I just yeah, think, stop. Okay. Yeah, and that's one thing about the BBC iPlayer subtitles. Sometimes they're way off the mark. 
Yeah, I think they just randomly listen and type rather than study and type. Yeah, because when in the very first episode, when Kerry's talking about the thugs from Quennington, mm. that comes up as Krillington. Oh, really? And uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that was the uh, the tractor driver in um, Steam Fair. Said that he came from Fairford. That was Hereford. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's place names. I suppose that's a little bit different anyway. Kerry says, is it wrong that I'm absolutely buzzing off this? Um, well, no, uh, it's they... excitement in their small community, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You Kerry... know, in these sort of villages, when you hear a police siren going down the road, you'll, you look out the window. Exactly. Exactly. Kerry then says this turned out to be one of the best days of her life. Uh, second only to the bonfire night when a Catherine wheel got jammed and kept firing at Mrs. Wicks's cake stall. She screamed and no sound came out. So Curtin does his impression. Oh, which really makes me laugh. And Curtin, uh, I mean, Charlie's got a, a mouth on him. I must have. He? I mean, that is a mouth. Fair play to him. Uh, Kerry then asked Curtin to do his impression of Farmer Jenkins finding out his wife was dead. <laughs> Curtin just says, no, not in front of these people. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so we go back to the vicar at his office and we find out that uh, Leonard drunk some stagnant water from a bird bath that uh, gave him <sighs> the sweets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great terminology. The squid. What did it give him, Vicar? <sighs> the sweets. Right. And the way he, the way he performs that. <sighs> the sweets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was kept in hospital overnight. Now, Vicar has given him a mobile phone. I mean, I don't know whether or not he's bought him one or he had a spare one. I don't know. But, but then uh, again, I suppose you can buy, buy these cheap pay-as-you-go. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. a tenner. But it's still it's still output for him because you've got to put credit on it. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, uh, But he says that if, if Len needs anything, all he's got to do is call him. Uh, this time, he won't leave his phone off. Lesson learned. Just he says that. The phone rings. It's Len. He wants crisps. Even though the vicar says that maybe you shouldn't have so much of a salt intake. Nope. He wants crisps. And brassed off on DVD. And just as the vicar then is going to try and find out you know, how are you feeling? How's everything going? Len doesn't want to know. It's another, it's another situation where the vicar is putting himself out there. People just take him for granted. Don't give a shit really about what the vicar feels. Mm. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not really a kick in the teeth because I think the vicar knows that that's what the situation is. Absolutely. It's become the norm, hasn't it, for him? It is. <sighs> the switch. I just thought I'd put that back in. <laughs> uh, so then we finish with Kerry and Curtin walking past June's garden and absolutely loving the fact that no one has visited his garden, her garden. She's put it down to 20p. She couldn't even count on the vicar. I think because the vicar had... <sighs> the switch. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, uh, and they're basically, the, the, the episode finishes with Kerry and Curtin flicking the Vs uh, yeah. up at June. Hand and, gestures and all. Hand gestures and all. And uh, yeah, and that's how the episode finishes. It's, it is one of the greater episodes of this series, I think, Driving Lesson. It's, it's by far probably one of the funniest episodes. I having think a so. laugh out loud moment. I think so. We've got a few uh, comments from some listeners and some Happiness. viewers, obviously. Uh, so Connor Gilmore said it has to be the scene with Mandy uh, and Curtin's driving the car Kerry's run as well has to be one of the most iconic scenes in the whole show yeah I would agree with that I do agree with that Uh, Sarah said we're so surprised to see Kerry in a more mature role than we've seen before ah there we go there are not not everywhere no not in every scene but there definitely are moments and it'd be interesting looking back on the next few episodes how much immature she is or whether it's just that one episode uh ben says do you think len trev cooper was wearing a false beard in that first shot no i don't think so yeah i think he was oh really because obviously he wasn't he didn't have a beard in the cynthia episode no but then i suppose trevor's always facial hair non-facial hair facial when you see pictures of him he's i think he can grow a beard at the drop of a hat Wow, okay. <laughs> One like that? Yeah, just a quick tug and his beard appears. No, wow. It could well have been, actually. It could well have been. Probably was. You're quite right. Uh, and then Tammy says, is there anyone better to dr- uh, teach you to drive than the vicar? 
I don't know, you see. Now, if you think back on this, the vicar has got a short fuse. He's, he's fiery Francis. Yeah. You've got to be very careful with him. Yeah. And I think, I think it would get, and you've only got to see that he's sort of, he held back a little bit in this episode, but there are times when you know that he will flip and he will, he will go. Especially if he's got a bad belly. Especially. Especially <laughs> if he's got the squits. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank you for that. So there you go. That's episode two. Uh, driving lesson. All Great episode, actually. Yeah. So, Neil, would you like to do your bits for this episode? Of course I will. You can find us on all the social medias under WTAF This Country. Please do come and give us a like, give us a follow, whatever you want to do. You can email us at WTAFThisCountry at Hotmail.com with any questions or anything else you'd like to talk to us about. And also, we have a website for your perusal with everything on there at WTAFpodcast.com. Wonderfully done. And remember also, tickets for WTAF Live for uh, the final one, where we will be recapping the final episode of this country. Tickets are available. We're still aiming for September the 18th. Uh, we are just going to keep it at that until we hear different when we do than you do. If you go on our website, the link for the tickets are there. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and also come and become a Patreon bozo. Come and support the podcast. If you want to just drop us a dollar a month, that would be wonderful. Uh, and get a shout out on the podcast, that would be great. Uh, we have other rewards and tiers as well. Just go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. And I must mention on Patreon, we've got a little bonuses. That you yes. won't hear anywhere else. Yes, we have some exclusive content that if you are a $2 a month subscriber, uh, donator, uh, and up, you get all of that wonderful um, new and, uh, what's it, exclusive stuff of brain. Content. Content. Exclusive content. Exclusive content. So, uh, yes, so please, uh, WTF. Uh, oh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash I was in my flow and you, you stopped yes Sorry. Uh, but go to the website and there is a link on there for it as well as all the uh, social media bits and pieces so that's it episode 2 is done thank Fabulous. you so much for joining us Neil thank you Pav please stay safe and you sir and thank you very much that's Max and Paddy yeah and you sir Sensei. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, everyone. Go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.